This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Lots of GM talk. Who's hot? Who's not? Who's coming in? Who's not? A lot of head coaching talk. Who's hot? Who's not? Who's coming in? Got it all coming up for you this afternoon. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton, he's in the home studio, your boy Q. I'm at the home studio myself uh, as I had a lot of meetings to go through this morning, so I wasn't able to make it into the, the radio station studios, but we're still with you for the next two hours. And Raider Nation, when I say we have a lot to get to, please believe we got a lot to get to. There's a lot of rumors out there. There's a lot of reports out there. There's a lot of pieces by different uh, writers that I've been reading, including Vic Tafer who just put out a piece about Josh McDaniels now not being the favorite anymore. Uh, Something happened in between earlier this week and now, and that's just how these things go. So uh, when you're in the middle of a coaching search and a potential – or a GM search and a potential coaching search, this is how it goes. And I kind of go back to the days when I was in Central Texas and I was covering Baylor and Art Bryles was fired, and then they brought in Jim Grove to be the interim head coach, and then – the, the search was on, and we had everybody to a T. We knew, oh, it's going to be this guy. Oh, it's going to be that guy. Oh, he's favorited because this, that, and the other. And we were able to connect every single dot only to find out it was Matt Rule and none of us had ever heard of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like That's how it goes. None of us, and I mean none of us, had ever heard of Matt Rule when he got the job in, uh, in, in Waco at Baylor as their head coach. He comes over from Temple, and we all looked around at each other like, wait a minute, Matt Rule? Who is this rule fella? So then we had to start doing some some research on him. Obviously, we got to know him really well. Found out he was a heck of a dude and a heck of a coach. And to this day, I'm a big fan of his. But things aren't looking so great for him in Carolina right now. That's a whole nother story. But that's just kind of how GM and head coaching searches go. You think that you know. You feel like you have all the, 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 the I's dotted and the T's crossed. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you hear, oh, no. This, in fact, is who's going to be taking this job. And you say, okay, well, I didn't see that coming. So uh, prepare yourself for the unexpected is basically what I'm trying to tell you. What we do know as of right now, as far as GM goes, Colts assistant GM Dodds, he is in Las Vegas today, set to interview with the Raiders. That's one that I know everyone's excited about because I think that he, among all Raider fans, has got to be the favorite and the leader in the clubhouse, right, just because of everything we've talked about, everything we've heard from multiple beat writers that we've talked to that know Ed Dodds and know who he's about. So he's in Vegas today. I think that that's outstanding. Also, and I'm telling you the news when it came to the Raiders, and you've got to give them a lot of credit, man, they have been moving in stealth mode. It's funny, and I don't mean to continue to go back to Central Texas, but when Dave Aranda got hired as the head coach there at Baylor, nobody saw that one coming either. Nobody really knew what was going on, and everyone said that uh, Mac Rhodes, who is the, GM, who is the, uh, the, the AD there at Baylor, uh, he was moving like a ninja, you know, a ninja in the night in stealth mode. Well, that's what the Raiders have been doing. Mark Davis and company have been acting like ninjas in the night, man. They have been moving in stealth mode. Uh, there's a lot of names that rolled out as of today. Uh, matter of fact, some uh, reports that we saw on Twitter, the Raiders interviewed Titans national scout Rustin Webster and Steelers pro scouting coordinator Brandon Hunt. That came from NFL Network. Also, they talked. They plan to talk to Bucks vice president of player personnel 
John Spitek. That came out actually last night. So all of a sudden you get all these names that just got thrown into the mix out of nowhere. You know, you weren't hearing really a whole bunch of names. Seemed like the, the Raiders were kind of moving real slow. But, in fact, they've been behind the wheel moving fast and, 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 and furious. they just been doing it in stealth mode so nobody can see them. So, uh, man, we have got a lot to talk to uh, talk about. We mentioned Todd Bowles, the, the Buccaneers defensive coordinator. We talked about him yesterday on the show in great length. He is uh, flying to Vegas today, and he's supposed to interview either tomorrow or Friday with Mark Davis and company. So that's another guy that we know. And that's what we've been trying to do here on the radio station. And some will say we've done a good job. Some say we haven't. That's okay. We're doing the best we can. We have been trying to hit you with as much concrete stuff that we know. Instead of, like, living in the speculation world, because that world stinks, you know, and, and, and trying to, to, you know, just – connect one guy from left field to another guy in right field. We tried to do our very best not to do that because, one, it's just, it, gets, it just kind of gets messy. So we try not to become messy. But whenever we find out something that we know is a matter of fact that is real, well, that's when we bring it to you. And, man, I'll tell you, between late last night and today, it has been fast and furious with all the news that has come through with the different people and personnel that the Raiders are involved with as far as talking to. And uh, so, yeah, we got a lot to get to on this show. And so we've got some really good guests that are going to uh, talk about all these different people that we've been bringing up uh, over the course of the last few days. Matter of fact, in a couple minutes when we get into the opening drive, we're going to have my guy. Chris Carter, host of Locked On Steelers, he's going to join us to talk to us about one of those guys that have been mentioned uh, from the Steelers organization, Brandon Hunt. He uh, actually interviewed for the Raiders GM job on Tuesday. And the Steelers, they're one of those organizations that I, I respect. I think that they do a good job with their front office. Of course, they have a GM in Kevin Colbert right now. He is a guy that's going to be retiring. This last draft is going to be his final draft. So, you know, I actually think that Brandon Hunt is a guy that has a good shot at getting the GM spot right there in Pittsburgh. But to know that Mark Davis and the Raiders interviewed him, uh, that's a good deal. You know, so uh, he interviewed with them on Tuesday. So we'll talk to Chris Carter coming up in about, well, about two or three minutes about him and uh, see what he brings to the table and how big of a player he is in that Steeler organization, talking about Brandon Hunt. He is a pro scouting coordinator for the Steelers. Then at 2.30, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic, we have him on the show quite a bit. He'll join the show to talk about some of the Raiders' personnel, some of the players that you could build around right now. Uh, he put out a piece on YouTube the other day, put out a video talking about uh, what offensive scheme fits best for the guys that they currently have on the team because that's another thing you got to think about. You know, everyone has a certain vision or a certain mind, person in mind that they want to be the head coach or the GM of the team, but you also got to realize they have guys there in place. Now, they got a lot of tough decisions that they have to make, as we uh, talked about with Sashawn Reed on yesterday's show, uh, all the unrestricted free agents that they have, 23 of them, what they're going to do with all those guys. But as far as the, the nuts and bolts of the team, they have a lot of it. But does it fit with the guys that they're bringing in? You know, does it fit with the offensive mind of whoever you want to insert or a defensive mind of maybe a Todd Bowles or whatever? You know, because right now all we know as far as head coaches go They've only been talking about and interested in defensive-minded guys. You know, D'Amico Ryans from the 49ers, Gerard Mayo from the Patriots, also Todd Bowles from the Buccaneers. You know, does the, do the defensive players that the Raiders currently have, do they fit with the scheme of those guys? You know, would they be able to go in there and, and really take, it, take over and, and be able to run whatever that, that coach wants them to do and do it pretty seamlessly? Because we saw that defense in particular take a really good step in the right direction in 2021. So we'll talk to Ted Nguyen. We'll just do a little roster breakdown offensively and defensively. At 3 o'clock, 
Very excited about our guest at 3 o'clock, Principal Joseph Uwe. And I know right now you're thinking, wait, wait, hold on. You're having a principal on the show? Yes, Principal Joseph Uwe is from Woolley Elementary right here in Las Vegas. He was the proud recipient of Super Bowl tickets. The Raiders, Unique Ngakwe, uh, gifted him with a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl coming up in L.A. at SoFi Stadium because he's been doing yeoman's work. He's even been doing God's work at uh, Woolley Elementary as all these teachers, all the staff and faculty, they've been dealing with COVID just like the rest of us. The rest of the world has been dealing with COVID, so sometimes they don't have enough staff. So Principal Uwe, he he's not the guy that sits in his office and sits behind the, you know, the computer and just makes executive decisions. He's Boots on the ground. He's in the trenches. He's in the in in the bathroom cleaning the toilets. He's in the math class doing you know helping the students with math. I mean he's doing whatever it takes. That's what I love. All, all hands on deck is what they call it. And so uh, the Raiders found him to be a guy in the in the community that they really looked up to. They respected what he was doing, and especially as a parent that I am myself at 45 years old. And I know my my kids aren't in elementary school, but I get it. I think it took me till I became 40-something to understand how important teachers and our, our school system really is to the health, health, health and, and, and safety and obviously learning of our youth. And so uh, it's great to see what they're doing at Woolley Elementary. So we'll have Principal Joseph Uwe on at 3 o'clock to talk about him getting that opportunity to go to the Super Bowl and, uh, you know, and, and coming up in February, February 13th, and gifted by the Raiders. And then we'll close out our guest lineup at 3.30 with Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times. He'll join us to talk about Todd Bowles. That's, re- that's actually the first reason I reached out to him was to get him on to talk about Todd Bowles and th- get his thoughts on what he thinks he would be as a head coach. Last that last we saw from him, he was a, a head coach with the Jets, and it didn't go so well, but it was the Jets. So how has he improved? How has he matured? Uh, last time we saw him was on Sunday on the big stage when he called cover zero, and that didn't work out very well. But he is a guy who's in Las Vegas probably now, and he's going to interview with the Raiders either tomorrow or Friday or maybe both. But uh, I just want to get Rick's thoughts on him. But then late last night, it worked out really well that the Raiders also uh, requested to, to talk to Bucks Vice President of Player Personnel, John Spitek. So not only do we get to talk to Rick about Todd Bowles, but we also get to cover Vice, uh, Vice President of Player Personnel, John Spitek as well. So, I mean, that's, that really is a two-for-one, right? So we're able to break down uh, both guys and, and get Rick's thoughts on that and see if the Raiders were to bring them into the organization, what kind of asset they would be, how, how, how valuable they would be to the Raiders. So uh, that's what we got for you. Not to mention I got a show question that I want to throw out there to you. I'll throw it out there to you in a minute. But right now we got to jump into the opening drive with my guy Christopher Carter, host of Locked On Steelers. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Well, the the wheels keep turning as the Raiders continue to look for not only potentially a head coach, but also a GM. They've brought in a lot of different potential guys from different walks of life, from the Patriots, talking about Tampa Bay, the Colts potentially, and now the Pittsburgh Steelers. And to help us uh, get a little update on the latest guy that we know for a fact has interviewed for the GM job is my guy Chris Carter, host of Locked On Steelers. You can find him on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Real good dude. And he joins us now here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio. 
Radio 920. And Chris, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I definitely appreciate you and want to get a little bit of background, man. Do a little research on uh, Brandon Hunt, Steelers Pro Scouting Coordinator. He interviewed with the Raiders on Tuesday. Uh, off top, man, what kind of role does he play with the team right now? How critical was he to Kevin Colbert's, uh, the Steelers GM who's retiring, his success that he had uh, right there in Pittsburgh? So you got to understand, Kevin Colbert's been around for a very long time. He's been the Steelers GM since like 2000. Brandon Hunt has been his right-hand man for several years now. Uh, he, he's been a guy that it's been long fought for the Steelers. He's the the successor with Colbert. Like you said, he his this is about to be Kevin Colbert's final NFL draft coming up this spring. It's it's assumed that there's two guys that will be in line for the job. Uh, Brandon Hunt is one. The other is Omar Khan. But Brandon Hunt is more of the personnel guy for the Steelers. He's the guy that, that scouts things out. And he's been an advocate of several of the moves that have helped kind of keep the organization afloat in the final Ben Roethlisberger years. Uh, it's been well reported that he was the guy that really pushed the Steelers to go trade for Micah Fitzpatrick and make that deal. Uh, there were a lot of reporters at the time that poo-pooed that deal and said, oh, the Steelers, why are they giving up a first-round pick for a safety? And then it turned out he was, you know, one of the best safeties in football. Right. Yeah. Um, advocated, he advocated for the Akella Witherspoon trade, which a lot of people didn't like at first, but then he turned out to be this, one of the more productive uh, Steelers cornerbacks this season, um, and he pushed to get Montrevious Adams uh, off, off the same sign, uh, practice squad this year, which turned out to be a big help to a defensive line that was depleted due to injury. So he's he's been at the forefront of a lot of the Steelers' uh, more forward-thinking decisions, and I think that the Steelers, they're in a position where they know that Kevin Colbert's time is running out, and they're, they're making final decisions on how they want to, to, to land a successor. I see this as a big play on Brandon Hunt's part to say, hey, Here's my leverage. If I don't get what I want, I'm out of here because I can definitely get a job somewhere else. Uh, but he's definitely someone that uh, the Raiders should definitely be happy to be looking at. You know, and it sounds like he plays a major role with the Steelers, and it does sound like he'd be a major loss if uh, Pittsburgh does lose him and the Raiders do, or any other team uh, decides to bring him in as a GM. Can you see this being that this is my time now moment? Like, Is, that, is Brandon Hunt prime for a GM position right now? Do you feel like he could take that job and run with it right now? I certainly think he could run with it. But here's the thing. I also think that he has a sense of loyalty to the organization. I actually talked to Brandon Hunt this past summer uh, when the Steelers were honoring Bill Nunn with, you know, of course, the legendary yeah. NFL scout that, that, that was inducted to the Hall of Fame. He got, Brandon Hunt, he told me how he when he first got to the Steelers, Bill Nunn looked at him and said, ah. You're one of the losers, and he and like at first he was like, "What? What does that mean?" No, it's like, "What do you mean I'm a loser?" And, and then and then he eventually realized like that was just Bill Nunn's way of kind of initiating him because he said, "Hey, we're all losers. We're we're scouting right now. We're not superstar millionaire NFL athletes." Um, but then he said over the years, Bill Nunn just taught him so many lessons and told him so many stories and helped him understand you know so much of what goes into the process of scouting and building up relationships with players and, and figuring out what 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 it takes to break to build an organization like that and that kind of stuff stuck with Brandon Hunt and he he carried those lessons with him all throughout this time with the Steelers and, and still to this day and again I, I think that 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 plays into maybe there's a sense of loyalty here because you know Bill Nunn legend with the Steelers mm -hmm. organization now you, you, Brandon Hunt's getting a chance like I get to kind of carry that legacy on and be uh, uh, the, the first black GM for the Pittsburgh Steelers that would be a, a huge move 
uh, I, I think on his part. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, the Steelers are like, Hey, you know, definitely talk to who you want to talk to. Cause if, if the Raiders want to offer him a whole lot of money, is who, who is he to turn down? You know, if, if they're offering him more money, but I, I also have to wonder if there's a sense of, you know, loyalty to, to the organization or just comfort saying, Hey, I've been here for a long time. I've been groomed for this position and it's my time wherever I go. Right. No doubt. It makes a lot of sense right there. Again, we're talking with Chris Carter, host of locked on Steelers here on Raider nation radio, nine twenty. It's unnecessary roughness talking about Brandon hunt who interviewed interviewed with the Raiders for their open GM job on Tuesday. Now, Chris, you mentioned the fact that he made the trades. He was the guy who was really pushing for, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick, which I think was an amazing trade. Uh, Obviously, it's worked out very well for Pittsburgh. How focused and how much uh, of a, a key player is he when it comes to the draft? Oh, he's a huge he's a huge factor. Everything that I've ever heard about talked about with Brandon Hunt was how he was he's often you know he's right at the forefront of finding the guys and, and prioritizing the right players to what the Steelers need I, I think it's also important to know that like with the Steelers with their draft situation Kevin Colbert it worked hand in hand with Mike Tomlin in those picks Mike would be like hey we're looking at this we prioritize that um and you know and, and, it, and they kind of worked hand in hand in the Steelers war room to make those decisions Brandon Hunt most likely was was definitely in on those conversations just wasn't you know his voice couldn't have be as loud because you know Kevin Colbert's there, but now he'll be the guy standing next to Tomlin and making those cuts. So I I think what's going to happen is you're going to see him prioritize you know the, the guys that he sees as developing and uh, as, as developing players that the Steelers can have there. So I mean he's going to have a huge I think role in whatever direction the Steelers want to take with their team. You know you think about the Steelers and the kind of defensive backs they had been picking over the years. You know when they had getting more gotten more physical guys and guys that could do this. Minka Fitzpatrick was a deep, different breed of, of, of guy, and they wanted him in the NFL draft. They just knew they couldn't trade up to get him um, because he was he was so highly talented, and that's why they settled with Terrell Edmonds in that draft. But, you know, Brandon Hunt, you know, one thing that Mike Tomlin does, and this is why I think they would be a heck of a team, Mike Tomlin made sure to establish a connection with Minka Fitzpatrick during that draft process, even though he knew there was never a chance the Steelers were going to get him. But then, years, you know, a year, a year later, right. It's like, oh, well, trade's available. Now Minka Fitzpatrick's excited to work with Mike Tomlin, and Brandon Hunt was had kept those doors open as far as trying to figure out a way to make that work. Those are the things that he'll do, I think, when it comes to NFL draft stuff this time around, identifying those type of guys. And I think that another factor here, Q, the Steelers are looking for also character guys. I think that's another part uh, along with talent because they want guys that like T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, who can be leaders as well as playmakers. Well, I'll tell you what, the Raiders had an opportunity to get T.J. T.J. Watt, and they went with Garyon Conley. Boy, I sure wish Brandon Hunt was around then to, to say, no, 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 <laughs> don't do that. Go with T.J. Watt, not Garyon Conley. That's a whole nother conversation. Right now we're doing a little research on Brandon Hunt. Uh, he's the Steelers pro scouting coordinator right now and interviewed with the Raiders on Tuesday for their open GM job. And, Chris, I just have a couple more questions for you. As far as, you know, him taking his, his, uh, you know, his talents into another team, like I said, it could be the Raiders, it could be any other team in the NFL – have you heard a lot of rumblings about outside organizations wanting his services? I, I, I've I've heard that like you know it might be a thing, but I, what I've heard for the most part, Q, is that it's kind of like it, it's been so thought that he that what's going to happen is when Colbert leaves, he's going to just be bumped up. That it's kind of like pointless to talk to him. And this, this might just again, this might just be you know Mark Davis just seeing, hey, what's there? Can we, you know, is, is there is there something we could do to get this guy that could that could that could bring some of that success he's had for the Steelers in drafts 
uh, over over to the Las Vegas Raiders. I, but I, I look at this and I see the biggest thing that I think that, that keeps other teams from coming in and um, and, and getting is, is that the Steelers. They, I mean, even if they they keep Omar Khan as well. I, what I, from what I've understood, there's a possibility. The uh, again, Omar Khan's more of the numbers guy in the Steelers front office. That they both kind of receive a promotion where they're doing the same roles and they have higher priority. There's just no Kevin Colbert in the way in that Brandon Hunt is the GM, but Omar Khan is the guy that makes sure, hey, this is how we're going to like, If okay, you're prioritizing these players. These are the numbers we're offering because right. this is what's going to be able to work if we want to keep the roster together the way that it's currently constructed. Well, I wasn't going to ask this question, but I just got a text message and I, I kind of felt like it was coming along, but I, I didn't know if it was going to, if someone was going to hit me with it. They just hit me with it. Brandon Hunt, he's in the Pittsburgh organization. Any opportunities that maybe he uh, gets hired as the Raiders GM and he decides to bring one Mike Tomlin with him? Is there any chance that Mike <laughs> Tomlin gets out of Pittsburgh? I have to ask. It was a question that's, that people are hitting me with, Chris. <laughs> listen, listen. When, we, when, when all that stuff started up this year about Mike Tomlin saying – uh, you know, when when they said, oh, Mike Tomlin, he might leave for college. He might leave for that. Right. Like, like he might leave for this. He might leave for that. When we asked, but someone had had the guts to ask Mike Tomlin that. He said, he's, you know, remember what he said? He said, yep. he said, I, I never say never, but never. Right. And uh, he, <laughs> he, he loves working with the Steelers organization. I also think, I think it's, it's, it's kind of ironic that we're asking that question, though, the day after Sean Payton retires, because. There have been a lot of parallels between Mike Tomlin and Sean Payton. Payton hired in 2006. Tomlin hired in 2007. Tomlin wins the Super Bowl in 2008. Uh, Payton wins the Super Bowl in 2009. Both have legendary quarterbacks throughout the 2010s decade but don't win a Super Bowl. And, and they, they, they pull through it. But look at where the Steelers are and look where the Saints are financially. The Saints are $74 million <laughs> over the cap. Yeah. They're going to have to break everything apart just to be cap compliant, and they don't have a franchise quarterback. They have serious concerns there. Whereas the Steelers, they may not have their franchise quarterback, but they're about to be in seriously good situations. They've got $41 million open in the cap, mm. They could, and that's still without Ben Roethlisberger coming off the books. Um, and if you make about two or three more cuts of guys that didn't play much this year but had a lot of money on their salary, the, the Steelers might have upwards of $60-plus million of cap space this year. That's why Mike Tomlin ain't going nowhere. He's like, look, I got T.J. Watt. Right. I got Minka Patrick throughout their primes. I've got Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, I'm still excited about Cam Hayward. Why would I leave this team that I can also use draft picks to find our next quarterback in the next couple seasons and use all this free agent money to get whoever we want to come in? In here that's where i see mike tomlin he ain't leaving uh and, and like that's the thing brandon hunt leaving would be a big surprise but mike tomlin would be an even bigger surprise i just i don't see either happening but it it would be it would be a, a, the craziest story in pittsburgh in pittsburgh history if, if both exited like that i did, i think with all those names that you just rattled off that the steelers have in their prime and everything that they have to build on i think you're just bragging now i think you're just bragging <laughs> now chris i just think that you're 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 giving me the business now you're giving me the dirt but they do they are set up well they are they really are and i don't think that mike tomlin i didn't think it Back in the day, I don't think he's going anywhere. He's a hell of a coach, and he's going to be a hell of a coach for the Steelers. So, uh, fantastic stuff. Again, Chris Gross of Locked On Steelers on Twitter at Carter Critiques. I know you do a lot more than just the Locked On Steelers podcast. Uh, let everyone know what you got, and let everyone know where they can find your stuff. 
Well, as always, like you said, Locked On Steelers is on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. You can check out all my stuff there. I also cover the Steelers and pit football and pit basketball. So, hey, if you're a Raiders fan, looking at some of the, some of the, uh, the 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 pit prospects out there, maybe Kenny Pickett. If you're if you want to find a successor to Derek Carr in the coming years, you can read my work at dkpittsburghsports.com. You can also check me check me out on the Locked On NFL podcast every Friday with your boy Q. We talking <laughs> up I'm talking up the NFL every Friday. It's a fun show that I get to do with you man so uh check me out again at carter critiques on twitter and instagram you'll see all my stuff there great stuff as always my man i definitely appreciate you keep doing what you're doing we'll be talking uh, on friday yes sir there he goes my guy christopher carter does a fantastic job covering the steelers like a glove many thanks to him and that's the way to get things started ain't it that's right come out the gate swinging that's what we do that's the opening drive for real here on unnecessary roughness raider nation radio 920 how about we take a look at personnel now let's look at the raiders offensively let's look at them defensively and talk about some of the potential gms and head coaches that are coming in how do they match up well we'll do that next with ted Nguyen from the athletic he'll break down the film he'll break down the personnel here on raider nation radio 920 That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the, just the jersey or just the, just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about, it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Well, I guess we're going to find out what it means to be a Raider. I think everyone's kind of sitting around waiting to find out exactly what it means to be a Raider and who's going to be a Raider. When I talk about who's going to be a Raider, I mean the GM. Who's going to be a Raider potentially as the head coach? And, of course, the players as well. And to help us with the players' side of thing right now, our good friend Ted Nguyen from The Athletic joins us now on the phone lines on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, Ted, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. And I wanted to talk to you about defense originally, but then I went and I saw your YouTube video that you did and talked about personnel and scheme offensively. So let's start with the offensive side of things. And that YouTube video that you did was really good. I encourage people to go check it out. But – there's a lot of different names that are being associated with the Raiders, GM, and, and potential head coaches as well, but it doesn't mean that they fit with all the players that are currently there. So offensively, when you look at the roster that the Raiders have, ideally, not necessarily who would be a best coach if they have a new head coach, but what type of coach do you think fits the players that they currently have? Yeah, I mean, I think the ideal is finding a coach that can adapt to your players and, and find a scheme that works for your players instead of trying to force you know, a round peg into a, a square hole. Um, so, you know, you, you want adaptability. You don't want a guy that is just very one-dimensional and, you know, you have to, you know, force guys into roles they aren't good at. And, um, you know, just looking at the Raiders personnel and what they found success with um, later in the season, uh, it, it just seems like the outside zone system and the play action off of it Uh, could be a really good fit for this Raiders team with Josh Jacobs and some of the guys on the offensive line that will come back, and and with Derek Carr. So, um, you know, when the you know these outside zone system guys like Shanahan and any guys, you know, 
McVeigh tree are have been really hot coach candidates, and they've they've actually done pretty well. If you look at the guys that are in the playoff race, there's a bunch of outside zone guys. So you know these guys are hot commodities, but you know just because you don't get one of those guys from that tree doesn't mean you can't run the outside zone system. Like, you know, Josh McDaniels is being floated as a possible yeah. Raider candidate. And, and he's a guy that's very adaptable that, and that has changed his offense throughout the years to fit his his guys. And he, he's certainly one of those guys that will be able to, you know, run an outside zone system, outside zone system if he wants to if he does get hired with the Raiders. Yeah, I, I saw that, and that was a guy that I was, I was interested to ask you about. I know, according to Vic Tafer from The Athletic, your colleague, he said that the, the temperature has cooled off on McDaniels. But, uh, yeah, I think that with what he's been able to do, and he's a well-respected coach in the league. I know he left the Colts at the altar, and he didn't have a very good showing in Denver, but that doesn't mean that coaches don't grow. So do you think if a guy like McDaniels was in place, how, how badly would he still be on the look, or would the Raiders be on the lookout for, like, a number one wide receiver, a big big-time playmaker like a Devontae Adams or someone who, like I said, could just be that number one playmaker as far as the wide receiver goes? Yeah, you know, I, th- I think um, when you look at what the what the Patriots value throughout the years, wide receiver isn't super high in the list. But when you look at when they've been best on offense is when they actually invested into the receiver position. And I just think in today's NFL, you, you need – a field stretcher, you need, you know, a, a number one guy that can um, change coverages. And, you know, he was getting, you know, he was improving. You know, I, I wouldn't say he was a bona fide number one just yet. Right. But, hit, you know, the speed threat alone um, changed the way uh, defenses uh, played against the Raiders. And they, they really missed that element uh, when he, you know, when he went through all the things that he went through and was off the team. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, receiver is going to be a big key. You know, even with Darren Waller back, when the coverages uh, roll to him, you know, you, you need a field stretcher. And I, I love Hunter Renfro, and obviously he he's done some great things and put the, put up some big stats. Uh, but you don't want to have to target him twenty times a game. You know, when <laughs> right. Waller is is, is getting um, getting uh, bracketed. So yeah, looking for another big play receiver has to be high on a priority of, of any coach that. Uh, ends up being hired by the Raiders. What does it is it going to take, in your opinion, to get Brian Edwards going? We heard a lot of hype about him during the the uh, preseason and training camp, and Gruden, uh, you know, talked about him and and To in the same conversation. And I, I like what he brings to the table. I like his size. I like his hands. But he just doesn't seem to get going. What's it going to take, Ted, in your opinion, to get Edwards going? Well, you know, he has to keep improving his route running, obviously. Um, you know, as a big receiver, um, he, that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really have as much quick twitch as you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, for, for me, I don't see Edwards as a number one unless, you know, he really um, has some, he comes back and he's, he, he has some quickness that he hasn't shown um, quite yet. Um, but I, I think he could be a very effective number two receiver. Uh, you know he he's made some big plays. He's been clutch, uh, but it's just, it's just hard in the league when you don't separate and you have to rely on you know making those contested catches. Right. Um, you know you're you're just not as friendly as a, tar- a target, and um, it, it's just harder to get you the ball when you know you are that type of possession receiver. So I, I think with him just improving his route running, improving his chemistry uh, with, with with Derek Carr, you know especially when. You know, you live in that world where you know you're making those contested catches. You know, you have to be where you 
where Carr thinks you are. So just building that trust uh, with Derek Carr and continuing that route and you know, just trying to improve his quickness and speed. You know, it's not something that you see guys generally get a lot better at, but, you know, any improvement in those areas will improve, uh, help his game out greatly. Talking right now with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got one more question about the offense, and that goes back to the offensive line. Uh, Alex Leatherwood was the first-round draft pick, number 17 overall. He was the tackle when the season started. He ended the season as a right guard. What is your thoughts on him? What does he need to do this offseason? And do you think that maybe him pushing back to tackle this offseason is trying to work? Do you think that that would work out, or do you think ultimately he's going to be a guard? Um, you know, I, I think that's something that is going to be a continued evaluation. You know, I, I think you do want to try him out at right tackle again and see how he plays there. Uh, but I also think that the Raiders can't be comfortable going into next season without bringing in a veteran that could serve as an insurance policy in case you do have to kick him back to guard. Right. Because, you know, he, he just ha- played so badly. Um a lot lower than expected. I think the Raiders expected him to come in and at least be a solid starter, but he played as a below-average starter, and he did improve his run blocking uh, throughout the season, but his pass blocking was just subpar. And, you know, he was subpar at guard, so, you know, you know we you don't know how it's, he's going to perform when you kick him back out of the tackle. So he has to make some huge improvements this offseason, you know, with his body and his, his processing, with his technique. Uh, so he has a big jump to make uh, for him to be seen as a starting right tackle. Uh, so I, I think you just you want to try to see if he can move to tackle uh, early on, but you also have to have an insurance policy in case he needs to to kick back the guard. Yeah, Ted, I've got a question for you because earlier you mentioned that the Raiders they don't need to bring in a coach that maybe runs that outside zone scheme. So that makes me ask the question, because I would prefer if they brought in Mike McDaniel as the coach because that 49ers offense just looks so good. But what is the optimal offense that the Raiders should run with this offense? If they were to just bring it back, run it back and maybe bring in a, an offensive lineman, what is the perfect offense that this You know, I know he's looking being looked at as a head coaching candidate, but I think so far it has only been uh, one reported scheduled interview with the Dolphins. Uh, and if he doesn't end up getting a, a head coaching job, you know, I wonder if he would be willing to leave the Niners for an opportunity to actually call plays and run the entire show, which is his next progression. So, you know, maybe if the Raiders do hire a guy like Harbaugh or a guy, uh, uh, a head coach that's not a play caller, would that coach be willing to, uh, you know, bring in Mike McDaniels or would the Raiders be willing to pay a guy like that a lot of money to come uh, call plays for the Raiders? That's interesting. That's a really good point. Great question, Damon. And, and, and Ted, I was going to switch to uh, defense right now, but you mentioned Harbaugh. How does Harbaugh as a head coach uh, look at the roster that the Raiders have right now? Do you think that he likes what he sees? Do you think he'd, it'd be something he could look at and say, yeah, I could work with this. These guys would really excel with what I like to do. I think so. You know, I, I don't think Harbaugh is the type of guy that is too concerned with the personnel side of things. You know, like he'll let the GM do his work. He's not going to want to uh, be a GM. And I, I think he is willing, you know, what he did with the Niners was, you know, they didn't, when he first got to the Niners, he didn't do a, a total revamp of the roster. He took the guys that were there and he just slowly improved them. And they put them in the right spots with Vic Fangio and they got, they uh, continually got better as, uh, as the years went along. And I think, you know, if you look at the Raiders uh, roster, there are some good 
cornerstone key pieces there. I mean, obviously, you, you know, you have to re- rebuild the offensive line. You have to add secondary talent. You know, th- there are trouble spots, but I think there are some good pieces uh, to, to rebuild with. And, you know, when you don't need a total rebuild for the Raider roster, right. um, th- it is a rebuild in certain senses. But, there, you know, you, ha- you, you potentially have a quarterback in place, depending on what the coach thinks. And I think Carr has played well enough to, um, you know, er- earn an extension. Um, but it's not a total rebuild. You have a quarterback in place. You have, you know, really good pass rushers in place. Um, you know, you have Darren Waller there. Uh, so if you make the right moves this offseason, you, you have, you know, a, a solid draft. You bring in some good free agents. And, you know, I don't even know if they need – too many superstar free agents. You need some good role players. Um, they, I think they could potentially be another, you know, a, a playoff team and under the right coach, maybe even make a, a run at the playoffs. But um, yeah, it just depends on. It is just a very pivotal time for for the Raiders as far as you know, hiring a GM, finding the right coach, and just adding the right pieces at this offseason. No doubt about it. We're talking with Ted Nguyen right here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Ted, as I mentioned, I wanted to talk a little defense as well. We know for a fact that Todd Bowles, the, the Buccaneers defensive coordinator, is in Vegas right now. He's going to be meeting with the Raiders tomorrow and Friday. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bowles, and how would the defense look different than what we saw this year under Gus Bradley if Todd Bowles were to be the head man in Las Vegas? Oh, the, the the big difference would be the Raiders were one of the lowest blitzing teams uh, last season and uh, this season, and I think the the Buccaneers were at the highest blitz rate of any team. So uh, that would flip instantly. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bulls has done a phenomenal job with, with Tampa Bay. Um, but you know, one thing I am concerned with is you know you need a lot of man corners to play that system, and you know, just when I watch that Rams game. Uh, Matthew Stafford was the by far the best uh, quarterback against the blitz um, coming into that game, and they just kept on blitzing him. And you know that last right. big catch the cup was a cover zero blitz, kind of like what uh, Greg Williams did to the Raiders in that Jets game where yeah. Henry Ruggs caught that touchdown. So you know, seeing that kind of concerns me just because he does does you know we talked about adaptability and. Um, and adapting to your personnel and being able to adjust. And, you know, when you do stuff like that, it just kind of concerns me with, you know, his ability to adjust and, and that sort of deal. So, uh, but that's concerning. And, you know, but we don't, we won't know what he does until he actually gets a head coaching job. Um, but just, you know, that's just my take on, on the Bulls interview. Right, and no doubt. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm trying to get a, a, an idea of, just looking at the personnel that the Raiders had. And so when you mention, uh, you know, man, the man corners, uh, that's something that's important because really the, the Raiders don't have depth at the corner position. Casey Hayward's a free agent. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of concern there uh, on the defensive side of the ball as far as personnel. D'Amico Ryans, he's with the 49ers. He's not going to interview with the Raiders until after Sunday's game against the Rams, part three of that game, uh, the, the NFC Championship game. That should be a good one. But – as far as what he likes to do defensively, how do you see it matching up with what the Raiders personnel looks like right now? Uh, well, you know, I, I think it's, it actually – the thing is he needs safeties that are really versatile and could play man coverage, to play deep. And he has that with the, uh, with the Niners. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, a bit uh, – you know, I think if he were to run the Raiders' defense – Jonathan Abram might move the linebacker because, you know, he plays a lot of two deep shells. Uh, he, he does play cover three, 
but you know he does play quarters and uh, he plays played a lot played a lot of quarters against Aaron Rodgers. And I just don't know if Abram would be a great fit in that system. So right. um, yeah, you I think they would need Morig would be really really good in this system, but they would need a guy like him on the opposite side. Okay. All right. See, that's that's we're getting somewhere. We're really getting somewhere right now. Again, I mean, everyone's going to get excited about the next guy, whoever that may be. But you know, you also got to have the players. You got to have the personnel. You know, sometimes it's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes. You got to get it done. So, a uh, final question for you: As far as Gerard Mayo goes, I know he's not technically the defensive coordinator in uh, in New England. He's the inside linebackers coach, and uh, obviously, uh, they don't really have that defensive coordinator role. And he's not very. You know, he hasn't been coaching for a very long time, but he has interviewed with the Raiders as well. What are you seeing from the Patriots' defense that uh, you may be able to see from the Raiders' defense? Well, the Patriots' uh, defense, this year they, you know, they blitzed less. They, um, they played a little bit more zone than they have in the past. Uh, but the last few years, you know, they've been really man-heavy mm. and uh, blitz-heavy. But, uh, you know, you wouldn't have to do that with the Raiders because they have you know, a really strong four-man pass rush as, as of right now. So, um, yeah, you know, with Mayo, you know, the what you try to get from guys from the Patriots organization is you hope that they could be as adaptable as Bill Belichick, you know, because he's changed his scheme uh, so many times throughout his tenure with the, with the Patriots to fit his personnel. And I, I, I think that's a tough part uh, when you hire guys from the Patriots uh, coaching tree is you you know you expect uh, guys to be able to do that but you know I think Belichick is just so unique that because he knows so many schemes he's seen it all um, that it's tough to replicate his adaptability when you hire guys from that tree so uh, that that's one thing that I'm weary of uh, with hiring guys from that uh, Patriots tree and you know with Mayo we we haven't seen him coordinate a defense but you know there there are a lot of people in the league that speak highly of him. Um, but it, it, it's tough to judge those guys that haven't, you know, really coordinated um, a system because at least if they, he's calling plays defensively or offensively, we have something to kind of judge him on. Right. But you know, those guys that haven't, you know, we hope that they are a really good CEO type of coach and those type of things. But you don't know that unless you, you know, you're in a building with him and you're in an interview with him and you kind of get a sense of who that person is. Absolutely. Well, you know, coaches searches, GM searches, it doesn't get any more fun than this, right? You get to do a little background on everybody that you're hearing, everyone who comes in and, and visits with the team and gets an interview with the team. You got to you gotta know what you're talking about and know, know these guys that are rolling in. So, uh, Ted, fantastic stuff as always, man. As I mentioned, I saw that YouTube with uh, you breaking down the offense and scheme. I thought that that was uh, a really good YouTube. You got anything else coming out that folks should be on the lookout for? Um, I, you know, if you're interested in um, playoff previews, I'm I'm writing a couple for the Athletic, and nice. um, yeah, with the the Raiders stuff, uh, I'm doing some YouTube videos. So check out my channel, Ted Win NFL on, on YouTube, and um, that's it. There it is. Well, hey, great stuff as always, my man. I do appreciate it. It's always fun picking your brain and talking a little uh, X's and O's with you here on the show. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. There he goes. Ted Nguyen right there from The Athletic does a fantastic job. You can follow him on Twitter at FB underscore Film Analysis. And uh, just wanted to get him on there to break down different elements of it. I mean, Demond, it's easy to say, hey, I want that coach or I want that GM. And, oh, this is going to happen because look what they're doing over here. But do you have the players? Do you have the players to run the scheme? You know, I know there's a lot of love for what's going on with San Francisco and the 49ers. I know, matter of fact, Demond, you've got some love for what's going on 
in San Francisco, particularly with one Mike McDaniels. How high are you on him right now? Very high, Q. Okay, I all right. Well, hold that thought. Hold that thought. I know you're eager to get out the out the door running. You're like a, a dog that's been in the car for a long time on a long road trip, and you just want me to open the door so you can jump out and start running around. We're going to let you run around. We're going to let you talk about Mike McDaniels. We're going to let you talk about Taco Bell wings. What does that have to do with each other? We'll find out on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. I'll tell you what, man. We came out the gate swinging. Fantastic job. Started off with Chris Carter, locked on Steelers. Gave us a breakdown, a big time breakdown. When we started talking about the possible GM position, Steelers pro scout and coordinator Brandon Hunt, a guy who met with the, the Raiders on Tuesday. And then we just talked to Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. Talked all things, just Raider personnel. That's just the first, I don't know, 50 minutes of the show. We still got an hour and some chains left to go. We're going strong in the paint, man. Feeling really good about everything that we have coming up at 3 o'clock. Principal Joseph Uwe from Woolley Elementary right here in Las Vegas. He'll talk to us about his opportunity. First of all, what they're doing at the school. That's the most important thing. But then he's going to talk to us about his, his opportunity to go to the Super Bowl as the Raiders and Unique Ngakwe have given him tickets to go to this year's Super Bowl in L.A. So we'll get to that in a hot minute. But Damon, as requested on the Sam and Ash text line, and it's very active already, 69187, keyword R&R, we got a text from Junebug. From the Bay. What's going on, Junebug? Junebug said, okay, Q, I love your show, but it's time to give the mic to DeMond and let him explain why he loves Mike McDaniels and also Taco Bell Wings. So, DeMond, the stage is yours. All right. First of all, guys, Mike McDaniel. We got to get this right. Drop the S. <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> That's what they do with Jonathan Abram. Everyone always says Abrams. It's definitely Jonathan Abrams. So, okay, I got you. Mike McDaniel, my bad. All right, guys. He This is his first season as the San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator. We learned from Ted Nguyen. He doesn't call the plays. So maybe the Raiders could get him as an OC if he doesn't get a head coaching job, doesn't seem like he's got that many offers. We all love a comeback story. He's a guy that's very public about the demons he's facing, overcoming like a problem with alcoholism. This is a comeback story we can all root for. And, guys, I know there's been so much talk this week about the Rooney Rule, and this is what tipped me from, like, maybe they should bring him in to I'm all the way in. Mike McDaniel, he's a brother. He's half. We got him. So that makes him that makes him that, that's what tipped it over the top from like he's a good candidate to now I want him in. Oh come wow. on, man, he's a brother. Oh wow. Mike McDaniel. Who all right. So so you're just you're just moving all the bros into the house, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Look, I ain't mad at you, man. We've had many conversations about the Rooney rule. Uh, I don't think that that should be a factor in in why you move him in, but I do like the reasons that you threw out there. I do like what's going on in San Francisco. Um, you know, and him not doing, you know, being the play caller, that was it was funny cuz that surprised me as well. Uh, when Ted said that. But then again, I was like, wait a minute, Kyle Shanahan calls the plays. Duh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was just one of those things I wasn't even thinking about. But yeah, Kyle Shanahan calls the plays. But that doesn't mean he's not ready for it. So Exactly. And he might want it. It might be one yeah. of those buying his time, waiting for somebody to give him that opportunity. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And so, you know, I like uh, the comeback story. Uh, I always root for guys like that. Uh, obviously, the Raiders have a lot of familiarity with the comeback story. Max Crosby is one. Uh, Darren Waller is another one. Lee Smith. Former Raider tight end. 
He just came out the other day. I don't know if you saw the story on Twitter, but he was saying how he faced alcoholism and how he really had to work against that. I guess it was something that his father dealt with, and he had to deal with it, and he's put the bottle away. And Max Crosby was on Twitter giving him props. So, uh, yeah, the Raiders, they know about dealing with guys that have, you know, uh, off-the-field issues, and, and the fact that McDaniel had that and, and is very public about, hey, I'm in a better place right now. I root for guys like that. Steve Sarkeesian's another guy that I root for, you know, and I know this has nothing to do with the Raiders, but uh, I remember when he got hired at, at U. Uh, to be the head coach there and everyone said oh well what's he gonna do go down the sixth street and party and everything i'm like man y'all act like you ain't got no uh you know and no skeletons in your closet or you ain't never had a bad day or something you know it's just it's so crazy how someone will hold something against you forever and so i always root for guys to do better you know if you can improve yourself uh that's that's awesome, you know, and so I like that, and I do like what he's got going on. I like the offensive schemes that they have going on in San Francisco. I just don't know, and this is my only this is the only thing that I you know kind of hesitate with. I don't know if the Raiders want to experiment with a guy who hasn't called plays yet. You know, what I mean, he might be damn good at it, but then again, he might not. I he feel might, like you gotta, he might be Todd Downing. You got to take that leap of faith. I don't know because he's st- he's a little bit older than McVay and Shanahan Lafleur when they got their jobs. He's thirty eight. Right. When you when you look at the progression, I know it's kind of like it's looked at the big three. Yeah. All those guys who were in Washington at the same time. He was the wide receiver coach. Right. So it's just one of those. Hey, just got to give him a shot. He's just been in the shadow of the big three for so long that, hey, maybe he needs a shot, too. Maybe he can be just as good. And if I'm the Raiders, I would want to take the home run swing. It's either taking the home run swing or bringing Jim Harbaugh or Jim Caldwell, someone who's who's got the proven record in the winning percentage. No, I mean, again, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So uh, there's, a lot to, there's a lot to like. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to think about. You know, and that's why we do what we do here on the show every single day. We try to uh, attack all angles. So none of us are surprised. And if we, you know, come up with a name that all of a sudden or we hear a name that maybe is not at the tip of our tongue, we're able to go and do a little bit of research and get someone on to, to tell, them, tell us about them and educate us. And then, boom, there we are. And just like Ted did uh, when it came to McDaniel that just didn't know. Uh, that he wasn't a play caller, at least didn't think of it, wasn't top of mind. So uh, very interesting stuff right there. Uh, do appreciate that, Damon. Appreciate all the texts that we get. Junebug from the Bay, appreciate you. One more text before we take a quick break. What's up, Q? This is from Glenn in San Jose. fact that you said Josh McDaniels and respected in the same sentence was straight comedy. Once a cheat, always a cheat. His name is Pure Mud. And that's from Glenn in San Jose. And look, I'll tell you this. I get it. I understand exactly where you're coming from. I, I've, I've heard the stories. I've read. I've seen the videos on Twitter uh, when it comes to what was going on in Denver. And they started out 6-0. and And then his best friend got caught uh, filming the 49ers practice. I believe it was 49ers. And uh, then the, st- the team stunk after that. And I know he had a terrible showing when he was in Denver. He wasn't a very good head coach. I get it. But, guys, uh, they, 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 they change. I don't want to say change their ways. I always say Tigers don't change their stripes. But they, they improve. They, they get better as coaches. So I don't know of all those allegations what are true. I wasn't there, so I can't tell you. I know what I saw from, uh, you know, like I said, from the videos that we're talking about what happened. DJ uh, Williams. Dem- yeah, DJ on, Williams. Like- DJ Williams, that's a Bay Area guy. I should have uh, remembered his name. I'm sorry. But DJ Williams, he uh, went to De La Salle High School. So shout out to, to DJ Williams that he went to Miami and went from being a running back to being a linebacker. But that's a whole other story. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, shout out to, to DJ Williams. But, I, I mean, it's just, I don't know, just like Todd Bowles, he's interviewing with the Raiders. He was a terrible head coach with the Jets. But that doesn't mean that he's not a good coach now. That's, that's basically what I meant. So I guess when I said respected in Josh McDaniels, maybe I didn't mean respected. I just mean he could be a lot better coach now than he was. I'll tell you right now, he's not a guy that I'm, I'm hoping gets a job. 
<laughs> if, if if he in fact does get an interview, and, and I don't think he will, but uh, or or is, if he does, it's not you know really that serious. Uh, as Vic Taver put out there, Josh McDaniels is not the uh, he is not the favorite anymore. Uh, I'm glad because I don't think that, and this is just me being selfish. I don't think that he'd be very fun for us to cover. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like straight up, I don't think he'd be a guy that I'd have a lot of fun going to the media sessions and listening to. I just think that the, that guy that comes from that Belichick tree uh, is going to be very Belichick like. So I just that for me. That's enough for me, but that's just me being selfish. 2.59 is the time. We're going to kick off into hour number two and going to have a little bit of fun in this next interview. We have Principal Joseph Uwe, Wooly Elementary, right here in Las Vegas. He's going to the Super Bowl in L.A. on February 13th, and we'll hear all about it on Raider Nation Radio 920.